You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, good day to all of my fellow hockey friends and fans out there. Welcome back to today's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud partner and affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So glad that you're here with us today. We are already into the second week in January is someone going to tell me that 2023 is already going as quickly as 2022 did? Because I thought 2022 went entirely too fast. Uh, so it seems this year uh, is is starting off in the same fashion. We've got lots of things heating up in the hockey world. Uh, you know, the World Juniors is now in the books. Uh, you know, the, the big congratulations to Team Canada winning the gold at, at the World Juniors. Uh, congratulations to Team USA on managing to, to still medal, get that bronze. And of course, uh, congratulations to Team Czechia winning silver, uh, their first medal at the World Juniors uh, in 17 years. So congratulations to them as well. We've got a great show for you lined up today uh, as we kind of wade through what's going on around the AHL. Uh, of course, if you want all of the NHL updates and analysis around the Montreal Canadiens, then you'll want to check out and subscribe to our weekly uh, Canadians Connection podcast, which can, airs every Saturday, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. You can find that at CanadiansConnection.fm. But I know all of you are here to get some updates on prospects of the Montreal Canadiens playing down in Laval and some other information and uh, some fun things going on around the AHL. And that's what we're going to bring to you today uh, in our first segment. Yes, of course, I will get you up to speed on how the Laval Rockets performed in their uh, three games uh, since we last spoke, two home games and one on the road. And then in our second segment, Patrick Williams, uh, writer at uh, the NH AHL writer for the NHL uh, com website and also uh, a feature correspondent uh, at the AHL's official website as well and a Rocket Sports Media team member. Patrick Williams will be joining me in the second segment for the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about uh, some players who had some really tremendous performances last month uh, as well as last week. We're going to talk a bit about uh, the AHL All-Star Game, which is coming up in just about four weeks, uh, we've had some captains named. We're going to uh, we're going to 
talk about who those are and so forth. So lots of lots of fun things going on. We're going to get you all caught up on what you need to know. So let's start, of course, with the Laval rocket. Um, you know, it's it's been if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that this has been a tough year for the Laval rocket. And despite the fact that they have had a couple of bright moments uh, at the end of 2022 and even, uh, you know, a little bit last week, starting with Wednesday. Uh, it's not th- those bright spots come in kind of fits and starts. They it's it, they don't last for very long, and unfortunately, that was the case last week as well. But let's let's first start with the good news. The good news was Wednesday night's game against the Manitoba Moose, a uh, home game for the Laval Rocket, and uh, Laval. Basically, I don't want to say, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to go as far as to say they dominated this game, but they certainly took it to Manitoba, winning this game six to three. Um, and it was a great way for them to get started. There were a couple of guys that JF Uhl got back in the lineup from injury, thankfully. Uh, Nate Schnarr and Xavier Simino uh, being being those two. Um, and so it was good to get uh couple of guys back who J.F. Uhl had been missing. Um, and Nick Bodan, Nicholas Bodan, also uh, returned to the lineup. Uh, he, he was back from the Spengler Cup, if you recall. He was playing for Team Canada in the Spengler Cup. Um, and so this also happened to be the first game back that Caden Primo um, dressed. Remember, he had been out of the lineup since the end of no, uh, end of November when he got hit in the head with a stick while sitting on the bench acting as backup to Kevin Poulin, and he's been out ever since. So this game on January 4th, it took him over a month to get back to dressing for a game, um, but J.F. Uh, opted to stick with Kevin Poulin and, and not have Caden Primo uh, dress this first game. So... It was uh, it was a pretty offensively tremendous game for Laval. They put up three goals right away in the first period, uh, including Nate Schnarr, first game back after a lengthy injury. Well, he also pots his first goal of the season, which was pretty exciting, as did uh, Harvey Pennard scoring his 12th of the season, who would then also go on to score his 13th and his 14th. Yes, that's right. Harvey Pennard with a hat trick on this evening. Uh, Poulin comes out with the win and against a Manitoba team that has uh, has a pretty strong uh, roster, although they were missing Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius, who were over playing at the World Juniors. Um, it was a pretty it was a pretty de- de- decided win for the Laval Rocket and uh, pretty exciting for them. And so again, it was one of those situations where, okay, let's hope they can build off of that. Let's keep that going. But as we know, it's just not been able, that's not been able to to materialize for JFL's crew this season, whether it's because of call-ups, whether it's because of injuries, or whether it's just simply because uh, the talent isn't necessarily there on this team. Uh, and so Manitoba back uh, in Place Bell on Friday night to take them on again. This time, Caden Primo did get the start. So it was the first time that he had made a start since November 25th. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a lengthy time. Would there be some rust? Well, I think it's safe to say, yes, there was some rust. Um in fact, the first goal that Manitoba scored um, 
pretty early in the first period, in the first half of the first period, uh, was Primo coming out of his crease to play the puck and he mishandled it. Um, and mishandles it and actually ends up putting it right on Dominic Toninato's stick, who had basically the entire net open to just tap it in. Uh, So a a bit of a gaffe for the young goaltender to start things off, um, and it just didn't really go well from there. Um, And Manitoba ended up winning this one. Now, here's the fun thing, or the funny thing, I should say. Um, Manitoba was... uh, as, as much as Laval was handling Manitoba on Wednesday night, it was the opposite on Friday. Um, and at the end of the second period, it was 3-1 to one for Manitoba. Manitoba had a firm control on the game. And in fact, they then went up 4-1 to one at the beginning of the third. And we've seen this happen before, where JFL's team can suddenly... Uh, light a fire under the bench um, in the third period and crawl back into a game. And and they did that again. They scored three goals in the third period and managed to tie it and force overtime. And then, unfortunately, uh, Manitoba took complete control back, maintained most of the puck possession in the overtime, uh, and Jansen Harkins was the one to, to put it away for Manitoba. So Laval comes out of that game with, with a point, which, I mean, they need every one of those points that they can get this season. But really, um, you know, it's I, I would rather see them make a consistent 60-minute effort and lose by a goal in overtime um, or even in regulation rather than not showing up for 40 minutes and then scrambling to try to put something together in the third. It's just the consistency and the full 60 minute effort is just not there with this team for some reason. Um, and so um, it was, uh, it was while, while the score looked close, the game was not as close as the score would indicate. And that's one of those things where, you know, we're glad that you rely on the AHL report because most of you probably read the game recap as well or followed our coverage uh, on Twitter while the game was going on. And and then you would know that it was, you know, some people just take a look at the stats or the results for the AHL and they say, oh, the Rocket lost five to four in overtime. Oh, they must have, you know, they kept it close. That was that was a, they were competitive in that game. Well, they were competitive for 20 minutes. Um which is a completely different story. And so uh, it was it was not exactly the, the greatest effort uh, that we've seen. And so then that was the last home game for Laval for, for that week because then they took to the road for a quick three-game road trip starting uh, Sunday afternoon in Toronto. Now, Toronto has been um, leading the division for quite some time. Toronto and the Marlies have been pretty strong this season so far. It was Kevin Poulin who came back into the crease for this game. Um, You know, as we said, Caden Primo didn't have the best first outing on Friday night. So I think uh, JFL probably decided, well, we need to try to start the road trip with a win. Let's put Poulin in. Um, It was Adam Gaudet for the Marlies who opened the scoring in the first period. Um, A deft little forehand backhand move on a partial breakaway uh, to beat Poulin. Um, Joel Teasdale, though, answered the call, got a, got a goal for himself as well, but, um, things kind of unraveled from there. Weirdly enough, 
it was so irritating to listen to the the fire alarm in coca-cola coliseum the home of the marlies started going off i don't know maybe halfway through the first period of that game very loudly play continued and for a good i think almost the rest of the first period possibly even a little bit of the second i can't even quite remember because i was trying to put it out of my head it was so irritating to listen to it just kept going off um and i you know it was distracting just as an observer i can't imagine for the players it was much fun listening to that and trying to focus um so i thought that was a bit odd that they didn't just kind of stop things and say okay can we get the can we get the fire alarm straightened out and is there an actual fire? Um, <laughs> but things kind of uh, continued to unravel a bit for Laval in this game. Toronto um, have to give all credit to Joseph Wall, their goaltender, uh, who went into the game 7-0 and on the season, undefeated, and came out of the game still undefeated. 8-0 record for Joseph Wall. But here's the kicker. The Rocket put 58 shots on Joseph Wall. 58. They had over 20 shots in the first period alone. Um, And of those 58 shots that Joseph Wall faced, he only let in two. He only let in two. Uh, The power play goal by Teasdale that went bar down, there wasn't a whole lot that he could do about it. Uh, And Gabriel Bork just managed to... Um, there was a, a scramble for a loose puck after a rebound uh, right in the crease, and Gabriel Bork just happened to get a, a stick on it and, and kind of flip it up and over Wall. So a really tremendous performance by Joseph Wall. Um, Bobby McMahon scoring two goals uh, in in this one as well. Also had a bit of the rough stuff. The tensions were certainly high in this game, and it was um, it was un- just unfortunately a second loss for Laval. Um, and they also lost Nicholas Bodan uh, in the third period of this game. He did not return. Uh, so that's another defenseman down. We have yet to see what his status is going to be for the rest of the road trip. Uh, but J.F. Wool has, has dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of call-ups this year. Most AHL coaches do, but it seems that Laval kind of can't catch a break. On top of that, we know that uh, Jake Allen now has a an upper body injury and is day-to-day for the Montreal Canadiens because on Monday, Caden Primo was recalled on emergency basis to Montreal to back up San Montembeau on Monday night uh, when the Habs took on the Seattle Kraken. So the question there is, how long will Jake Allen be out? Which means Caden Primo has to be up there to back up Sam Montembeau. Uh, of course, ripple effect happened. Um the Rocket are on the road, so they needed another goaltender right away. So Joe Verbetic got recalled once again from Trois-Rivières. Uh, so I would imagine when Laval gets to Rochester on Wednesday night to play the Americans, uh, that it'll be Kevin Poulin and Ned against the Amherst with Joe Verbetic backing up. Unless for some reason, uh, Caden Primo is returned to Laval because Jake Allen maybe is not... Uh, too injured. It seems uh, reportedly, uh, according to Rena Lavoie, uh, Jake Allen was injured at practice on Sunday. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but um, we'll see how long that's going to take. So a bit of adversity as far as the roster is concerned. Uh, there's there's a lot of guys who are still out. Martell is still out. Leskinen's going to be out for a while. Jan Meshack's still going to be out for a while. Um, you know, there's there's a there's a good chunk of players who are still not available for JF Ull and 
while they have those bright moments where they get a really a really hard fought win or a dominant win and there's some individual or team success that can be celebrated it just doesn't last for very long and then and then it takes them a while to kind of get their legs back under them again so this week coming up they play in Rochester on Wednesday night they play in Syracuse on Friday night we all know how those games can go in Syracuse and then they come home to play against the Cleveland Monsters on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. Uh, it's not an easy schedule this week for the Laval Rocket to try to right the ship but we will keep you informed every step of the way you can either follow us on twitter at the ahl report follow our in-game updates as they happen during the game uh, and of course be sure to bookmark ahlreport.com we have extensive and comprehensive game recaps with stats a, a game summary to explain what happened in the game video highlights and and it's and so on and so forth after every single laval rocket game and it's the best place for you to keep track of everything that's going on with the laval rocket and the habs prospects who are playing there all right, we are going to take a quick break. We have a brand new message from our sponsors over at DraftKings uh, now that it is officially playoffs time for the NFL. So you're going to want to check that out and then stick around because on the other side, we've got Patrick Williams joining me in the studio for this week's AHL Hot Stove segment. You don't want to miss it. You are listening to the Press On podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I really enjoy particularly same-game parlays with DraftKings Sportsbook, you know, going to rack up either a, a list of, of just money line, which which teams are going to win uh, each Sunday, or who's going to be an anytime touchdown score. Love that kind of action on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Once again, my name is Amy Johnson, your host of the show and the lead correspondent over at AHLReport.com. Uh, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report or at the Press Zone. Uh, lots of information. We always try to keep our, our followers updated on the latest going on with Laval uh, right there on Twitter. And of course, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. And hey, if you want to help kick off 2023 uh, in a helpful way for us, then the easiest way for you to do that is just to tap that share button and share this podcast episode on your favorite social media platform. 
So as we inch closer and closer to the beginning of the AHL All-Star Weekend, it's really coming up in just about a month, uh, we've got uh, some more news with that to talk about today. Plus, uh, we've got not only last week's Player of the Week to introduce you to, but also, uh, since it is a new month, we've got December's AHL Players of the Month, and you're going to recognize some of the names in there. And who better to bring on to the show to talk about all of these things and more is none other than Patrick Williams himself uh welcome back to the show sir thanks for having me uh always good to be back happy new year <laughs> we're all happy. Oh, i guess i i was on last week so it was already happy new year but that's all right last year. last week was a blur we can <clears throat> yes it's t- happy new week you know whatever it needs to be <laughs> whatever whatever works whatever works uh it's good to have you back here again uh thanks for thanks for being here um i guess we really um you know i I hate that this is kind of a running inside joke uh, on the show this year that let's see who is the AHL player of the week this week. Did they play against Laval last week? And I think for the last couple of weeks, we actually lucked out that it that it wasn't the case. But alas, we do return to that trend. Um, I guess the, the if there's a silver lining, it's that uh, Bobby McMahon for the Toronto Marlies um, didn't accumulate all of the reasons for him being the player of the week for the AHL in his game against Laval. He did some pretty spectacular things in the week leading up to that, but, uh, but Bobby McCann, uh, Bobby McMahon from the Toronto Mommies getting the AHL player of the week accolades for this week. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he has an interesting backstory, uh, you know, for anyone that's not aware, you know, he is kind of one of those classic, you know, Leafs, free agent signings, uh, undrafted, you know, he played, uh, four years at, uh, at Colgate, um, you know, so high level college hockey, but, you know, comes out of, of the college team as a free agent, uh, signs an AHL deal, uh, with the Marlies 24 goals last season. So that got converted into a new NHL two way deal. Um, and, uh, as you pointed out, uh, he just was, uh, recalled today by the Leafs. Um, so <laughs> it's funny how that happens. You get player of the week and fairly often we see guys get recalled by their NHL clubs. Not soon, not too soon, uh, not too far after that. And I was thinking about, it was Trey Fitzpolanski with yes. Cleveland who had the same sort of pattern, um, played, uh, that two game series back in November in Laval, uh, was absolutely fantastic. You know, that was the game where, you know, the thing Cleveland won seven to three and, Really picked apart Laval, and um, you know the following following day after the, the the end of the second game against Laval, got the call up to Columbus and ended up staying there for a few weeks. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's always a good harbinger if you can get uh, that player of the week uh, honor, and that comes across the uh, the newswire. So, uh, congratulations to McMahon. You know, kind of one of your classic examples of a player that. Got an opportunity. It wasn't maybe a huge opportunity, and then he ran with it, and it's you know really converted himself into uh, you know now a player that can get a call up to the Leafs. Yeah, uh, in the in the past week, he's played three games for the Marlies and managed to to tally up three goals and three assists during that time. Uh, he scored twice in the four to two victory over Laval on Sunday afternoon, but. He uh, also had a, a three-point game earlier in the week uh, over in the, in their OT win over Utica. Uh, he had an ass- added an assist to that tally in the defeat of Lehigh Valley five to four in the shootout. Um, 
So he certainly has had an impressive week. Uh, you know, last season he finished second on the Marlies uh, with for goals, 24 goals last season for the Marlies. That was a franchise rookie record. Uh, and so uh, kind of an up-and-coming uh, young man for, for the Toronto organization and now with a recall to the Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll see if he gets uh, some playing time and see if uh, some of our listeners get to uh, check him out at the NHL level. So congratulations to Bobby McMahon. Um, but looking back to the month of December, uh, again, some uh, significant names on the players of the month for December. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, the player of the month for the AHL, and that would be uh, Michael Carcone from the Tucson Roadrunners. 10 goals, 10 assists, 20 points in 10 games for Tucson during December. Uh, Patrick, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty worthy of being the player of the month around the league. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you could do a whole lot better than that. Uh, you know, I think he's a name that's uh, fairly familiar to Laval fans. He you know, played in Belleville, played with the Marlies, played with Utica for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, saw quite a bit of Laval Rocket uh, during his time in the Eastern Conference. Uh, he went west uh, for the pandemic season. Um, and has been in Tucson ever since. Really, kind of found himself a nice, um, nice spot there. And uh, he got a call up uh, to Arizona a couple weeks back. Was just sent back this past week. Um, you know, when they got healthy again and <clears throat> uh, got some players back. But uh, you know, he uh, he looks. Uh, you know, he's right on that bubble. And you know, he's a little bit on the smaller side. But, you know, so that that's always a you know a thing a player has to overcome. But he plays certainly a feisty game, as anybody that you know can recall him from his time in the East uh, can attest to. And uh, you know, he's uh, he's really found himself a you know a nice you know nice role with the the Roadrunners. Uh, they're kind of a team that's a little bit like the um, Western version of Laval in the sense that. Uh, you know, they, they definitely can play an up-tempo style, and they have some real weapons uh, there. They have Laurent Dauphin there. They have uh, JSD. Uh, so, you know, some familiar names there as well. Um, mm. And uh, But, um, <clears throat> yeah, a team that uh, when, they're, when they're on their game, they can run and gun with anybody. Um, the problem is they have difficulty keeping the puck out of their net. So, um, <laughs> uh, so but, yeah, he's been uh, fantastic this year, and he's really, you know, he's – He's found that next level in his game over the last year or so. Um, he had a big year last year with Tucson, 24 goals, 48 games. So um, <clears throat> really broke through uh, with that. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah he's right on the cusp. Uh, you know, this is a good opportunity here being in Arizona. Obviously, um, jobs are open there. Opportunities are open there, um, you know, probably more so than, than most places. Um, now he just has to keep doing what he's doing and eventually get an opportunity again. Now, the league's rookie of the month is a name that I think pretty much, even if you're not paying too close attention to the AHL, I think a lot of people were well familiar with this young man's name now. Um, And I think it's significant that he did get AHL rookie of the month, um, the, the title, because he actually left the AHL you know, with a little over a week left in the month to go join the Czech team at the 2023 World Junior Championships, uh, where he uh, had a pretty significant role there as well. And that is none other than Columbus's uh, prospect playing for the Cleveland Monsters, David Yerichek. Um So 
played just nine games for Cleveland in December before he left for the World Juniors. Uh, And in those nine games, two goals and 10 assists. So 12 points in nine games. Just imagine, Patrick, what he would have been able to do had he spent the entire month with Cleveland. Um, I I think those numbers would probably be even higher. Yeah. um, Yeah, and he certainly uh, made a a real showcase for himself uh, in the World Junior Championship uh, with the Czech team. Felt like he was on the ice all the time, mm-hmm. a lot like he is with Cleveland. Um, um, he was picked to the All Star team for the tournament, uh, so you know, kind of a <laughs> pretty big month for him. I mean, six overall pick this past uh, summer by Columbus, um, stepped right into the AHL as an 18 year old. Um, he's made the jump look pretty smooth. Uh, he's gotten a couple games up with the Columbus as well, um, but uh, you know, right now. Um, with Cleveland, uh, the objective there is spoke with their coaching staff, and uh, it's just to kind of rein him in a little bit. Uh, he's a little bit of a, you know, he he plays like an eighteen year old. You'd expect him to play with a ton of skill, right? And you know, he's uh, he might end up if you do a redraft in a year or two, you know, way higher than that six pick because he was absolutely fantastic in the tournament. I thought, and um, you know, really. Really bodes well here for a second half, uh, and I think you know I won't be surprised to see him in Columbus, especially if uh, the Blue Jackets there really decide to you know start picking apart their roster and, and move players out at the deadline. So um, yeah, he's they found an absolute gem with him, and uh, you know you know 18 years old, but he plays more like he's 23, 24 in a lot of ways. Definitely. Uh, we saw, you know, we saw some of that skill. One of those games in December, uh, he had three assists uh, in a game versus Laval just uh, five or six days before he left the World Juniors, um, where where Cleveland came back and won in that game. And, and Juracek uh, notching three assists in that game certainly helped them with that. So uh, he was impressive to watch at the World Juniors for sure. Uh, and it's uh, it's going to be exciting to watch how this young man how quickly he he kind of rises through the ranks uh, with the Columbus organization. Last year, uh, the Baz Bastion Memorial Award winner for the AHL's outstanding rookie goaltender uh, went to none other than Dustin Wolf, who had a spectacular season uh, last year, and he is not suffering from any kind of a sophomore slump uh, this year in in the AHL. Uh, in December, he, uh, winning AHL Goaltender of the Month uh, award, went 8-1-0 over his nine starts in December, stopping 263 of 277 shots for a 157 goals against and a 949 save percentage. Uh, we know, Patrick, that Calgary and the Wranglers have had uh, quite a splash in their inaugural season. Uh, they're in Calgary full-time. And Dustin Wolf seems to be kind of carrying a lot of that load for them, at least uh, backstopping them and and getting getting them the wins when they need it. Yeah, he's he's had he's had a wild career so far. You know, he was a seventh rounder. Um, I believe only six players were picked after him in 2019. Uh, <clears throat> but then he went out. Uh, he was CHL goalie of the year, uh, his final year um, in the Western League comes into the AHL uh, last season with Stockton and puts together an absolutely dream season. Um, like you said, he won the uh, Baz Bastion and, uh, you know, as a rookie, you know, and 
was on the all-rookie team and just, you know, everything that could have gone right did go right for him. Um, and then more importantly, I think he carried it over uh, to this season. Um, he was excellent in the playoff run last year. Stockton went all the way to game six of the Western Conference final. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, had they not run into the Chicago Wolves, I think they were definitely the team that would have won the Calder Cup, uh, you know, kind of hands down. Um, they just happened to run into an absolute, you know, powerhouse. But um, he's uh, really, really smart, or great head on his shoulders, um, very patient, um, you know, in terms of his mentality, you know, when you speak with him and he understands the whole development. Um you know, plan and the need to, to be patient. Uh, but he's, I think he's really making it tough on, on the Calgary Flames in some ways, you know, like, especially now that the team is in, in Calgary, so the fans are, are that much more tuned in to what he's doing. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he'll finish this year in the AHL, but I think next season he's going to make it really tough for, for the Flames to send him back to the AHL again. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's absolutely dominant. Well, congratulations to Carcone, Juracek, and Wolf on being the award winners for the American Hockey League for the month of December. I guarantee we were, we will likely hear those names popping up again uh, in the AHL for the remainder of the season and possibly in the NHL uh, as well. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the segment, uh, each week that we join you, we're getting one week closer to the AHL All-Star Game, uh, back for the first time finally in three years. Uh, last week on the show, Patrick and I talked about the coaches who uh, have earned their right to coach uh, the All-Star teams, uh, respectively. And this week, it was announced to the two players uh, who will serve as captains for the All-Star Classic. Um, and they are Syracuse Crunch forward Gabriel Dumont and Grand Rapids Griffins defenseman Brian Lashoff. Um, starting with Gabriel Dumont, uh, listeners of this program will be well familiar with that name. Of course, remembering that uh, Gabriel Dumont was a Montreal Canadiens draft pick back in 2009, a fifth rounder at 139 overall. Uh, played for Drummondville uh, in the queue for, for four years before heading to Hamilton to play for the Bulldogs uh, in 2010, back when the Hamilton Bulldogs were the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. And he spent a lot of time with Hamilton. Uh, he eventually served as their captain, and he was the captain of the St. John's Ice Caps the first year that the Habs moved their affiliate out to St. John's. Before then, uh, back in the 2016-17 season, um, Moving to, to the Tampa Bay organization, uh, split time between Tampa Bay and Syracuse, uh, but has spent plenty of time in the Tampa organization. He's kind of bounced a little all over the place. He's played with Ottawa for a little while. He played with Minnesota and Iowa for a while, uh, but he's back now with Syracuse Crunch again, wearing the C, um, you know, and he's always kind of a... a a big force to be reckoned with uh, as far as being the captain of the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, And so in his 13th year pro, uh, this is, as I said, his second time around with Syracuse um, and certainly has earned uh, his right to be uh, the player captain. um, And, you know, just he's he's kind of one of those journeyman AHL guys now who you know when he comes on the ice you know he's got good leadership he's got good ability um but he's also tough he's he's one of those gritty players who does not mind making a pest out of himself 
uh, either. Um, in his 644 games in the AHL, he's got 172 goals and 222 assists. Um, and he sets, uh, you know, he's not, Patrick, he's not going away uh, as he gets older. Um, last year, he set himself career highs for goals, assists, and points. Uh, so still uh, still going strong in his 13th year. <laughs> yeah, and having another good season this year, he's um, he had a bit of an injury issue earlier in the year, so that uh, kind of cut into his, his time this year. But um, real kind of your classic uh, undersized, scrappy, feisty, um, forward type, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, last year was, you know, he, he'd always kind of been a steady guy, you know, 20 goals or so, you know, good every season. And yeah, really had that big year last year with Syracuse. And that was that wild, you know, season for the crunch where they played 55 games between <clears throat> the beginning of January and the end of April, um, because of the pandemic, uh, shuffling their schedule around and, uh, they put on that, that fantastic run that, uh, got them into the playoffs and, um, they're having a, uh, Hit, hit, they've hit a rough rough patch this season again, uh, you know, doing part to the Laval Rocket uh, post-Christmas um, two-game series. But, um, yeah, he's been a, a real a real presence around the league for, you know, more than a decade now. And um, he was a captain fairly early in his career now. And um, really has, uh, he's found his home, you know, in Syracuse. And uh, he's, he's actually somebody that's probably not a complete um, – impossibility to maybe be the next one to challenge for a thousand games mm. in the league. Um, he's at 647 right now. So he's certainly still got a ways to go, but he is only 32 years old. So if, if he can stay healthy and, uh, put in a few more years, uh, you know, anything is certainly possible. And, uh, you know, that would be a huge achievement for his career. And, uh, you know, he's, he's always been another one of those, like Tarconi, uh, those bubble guys, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for, for, Finding your niche at this level, uh, making yourself into a good captain, um, and uh, you know being a top six player. So uh, he's he's really carved carved himself a very nice career. So now, just tell us uh, briefly, just a little bit about uh, the other captain who has been selected. Uh, should mention as well that uh, the captains for the All Star teams are selected by. Uh, the league president every year, uh, in this case, of course, Scott Housen, uh, in recognition of their outstanding leadership and service. That's how that's how the captains for the All-Star Weekend are selected. Uh, so just tell us briefly a little bit about what qualified Grand Rapids Griffin's uh, defenseman Brian Lashoff for that. Yeah, I mean, he's, my gosh, he's been in Grand Rapids forever. <laughs> it's just, you know, um, he actually, he was an 18-year-old uh, call-up um, and, uh, he went that, that path, and uh, he actually played in Detroit for, for a number of years, and kind of, you know, for a while there, made himself into an NHL regular, and now he's, you know, he's on the sort of the second half of his career, and uh, really settled in there with, with Grand Rapids. Um, uh, they love him there. Uh, I was speaking with Ben Simon, the coach, and, you know, his 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 summation of Lashoff is just, he's one of those guys that does all the right things when nobody's looking, um, and just uh, great presence as a captain, somebody that can take that big brother role, you know, help the younger players on and off the ice, maybe even more so off the ice, uh, just adjusting to the pro life and uh, <clears throat> all the things that come with it. And um, so he's, uh, it's a well-deserved honor. Um, you know, he's a player that, you know, a lot like Dumont is, um, he's comfortable, you know, with his role, comfortable in his own skin. Uh, you know, so not all players are able to do that, but uh, uh, a lot like Dumont, Lashoff is the same way, and uh, you know, it was certainly you know, it was 
really fully committed to what they're doing in Grand Rapids, uh, and um, you know he's always just been a steady presence there. You know, Calder Cup winner, so you know he's probably a real good solid candidate at some point down the road when he when he does uh, hang up the skates to be you know you know put into the HL Hall of Fame, and uh, you know he's had a career that you know anybody would be proud of at this level. Well, congratulations to Dumont and Lashoff on being named the captains for the upcoming AHL All-Star Game. Uh, Patrick, you mentioned, and I know we mentioned last week on the show that there was, we speculated that likely um, rosters will probably be announced soon. It's looking like maybe this week, uh, although we know that those, <laughs> those announcements can, it's kind of a fluid announcement. Things can change pretty often uh, leading up to All-Star time, but uh, we'll have... Plenty more to talk about in the run-up to the first AHL All-Star game to return uh, in three years over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it's always an interesting time of the year, you know, to see those picks and, you know, see how, you know, how many of them end up changing because of call-ups or what have you. So, um, but yeah, it's a fun time. Absolutely. And it's always a fun time having you here on the AHL Hot Stove segment on the Press Zone. So thanks so much for being here once again. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here again next Tuesday. Sounds great. Well, a big thank you once again to Patrick Williams for joining me each and every week here on the Press Zone podcast for the AHL Hot Stove segment. Uh, Really, you know, it's we want to keep an eye on the Habs prospects and how the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate is performing. But the AHL has so many up and coming NHL stars that are carving out their own path on the way to the to the big show uh that it's it's important for us to kind of just keep a bit of a finger uh on the pulse of what's happening across the american hockey league and there's no better person to do that with us each and every week than patrick williams so thanks to him for bringing his uh tremendous insight and knowledge about the rest of the league to this week's show with that we are going to bid you adieu for uh, this week. We thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's always fun to come and talk hockey with you each and every week. Remember to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Tell your friends, tell your family if they're Habs fans as well. Say, hey, are you listening to the Press Zone podcast? They they stay up to date on those Habs prospects. You might want to do that. Uh, and, of course, we welcome you to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, we'll see how the week goes. It's not going to be an easy one for the Laval Rocket, but maybe they can uh, put, some, put something together for uh, some special outcomes this week. And you can bet uh, that next week we're going to break it all down for you and let you know how it all turned out. Thanks so much for listening to the Press Zone podcast, and we'll see you back here again next Tuesday for another wonderful episode right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.